Today is 11:29, and we're going to be finishing up our quarter on the story of the New Testament in this unit, and last unit was the story of the Old Testament. So we have taken prayer requests, and I'm going to let Brother Mickey lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the day. We thank you for your blessings and your watch care over us. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to come into your house to worship you in spirit and in truth, Father, and to visit with your presence and your anointing touch. Father, we lift up Shirley Thomas to you today and ask for continued strength in her body, Lord, and the anointing of your Holy Spirit resting upon her. Give her strength within and anointing from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, we lift up male Scarth to you today and ask your continued presence, Lord, in his life. Heavenly Father, give him strength. Lord, his legs, give him strength, and the muscles would be strengthened, Lord, that he would be able to stand firmly and, and walk as you would have him to walk. Father, we thank you for your touch in his life. We thank you for your presence, your guidance. We lift up Darlene to you today, Lord. I know it's a lonely time to be by yourself. Father, we just ask you to be with her, to give her strength in her life and, and the anointing presence of your Holy Spirit to be with her, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunities of, of serving you, the opportunities that are open and the windows and doors that are open unto us each and every day. Father, we ask you to be with Brother Philip today, and we ask your guidance and your direction in his life. Lord, help him to minister to your word as you would have him speak of you and of your word through Lord, with you. Thank you for the day. Thank you for your presence and your anointing. In that name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mickey. So we've been studying the kind of a overall view of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And uh, the uh, topic, of course, is the story of the Old Testament and the story of the New Testament. And Someone has figured out, I think I've shared it before, that uh, the word history can be his story, because that's what history is all about, his story. So that's a clever way of looking at the word history. And um, we put on the board, when we studied the story of the Old Testament, uh, the divisions of the Old Testament in the categories as if you were going into a library and you see all these different topics and uh, they also have a uh, bookmark of the books of the Bible that divides it up the same way and uh, so it's fives and twelves in the Old Testament in the, the law we have five books where the five books of Moses and, uh, of course, that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then in history, you have 12 books, and that's what Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and First and Second Kings, I mean, First and Second Samuel, who anointed the kings. So you think of Samuel anointing kings, and so uh, you have First and Second Samuel, then First and Second Kings, and the kings cape a... Uh, kept a record called Chronicles. So then you have First and Second Chronicles after First and Second Kings. And then you have 
the return of Israel coming back from uh, the uh, Babylonian captivity, and so they needed to rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls, and so then you have Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. And then you have the books of poetry that it is not rhyming poetry, but it's it's different than prose, and so this is why it's called poetry, because poetry usually is word pictures, and so it's it it uh, uses a lot of word pictures and poetry, starting with Job, and then the Psalms, and then the Proverbs, and uh, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon, and then you have the major prophets, which only five of them. And that just means their books are bigger than the minor prophet ones, but they're, they're still just as important, of course. And the major prophets is Isaiah, Jeremiah, and then you re remember that Jeremiah wrote Lamentations, so Lamentations is there. And then you have Ezekiel and Daniel, and that gives you your major prophets. And the minor prophets <laughs> is the hardest to memorize when you're trying to memorize the books of the Bible. Uh, that includes Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. The, the only uh, hint there would be you have H and Z together. You have Habakkuk, then Zephaniah, then you have Haggai and Zechariah. And then it concludes, of course, with Malachi. So that, that's the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament is what we're studying this unit. And uh, it has only four books in biography, as it's called, or also the Gospels. It's called Gospels or Biography. And, of course, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And history only has one book in the New Testament, and that's the book of Acts, because it tells the history of the church, the early church. Because we know the Gospels all are biography of Jesus himself. You know, they, they give the life of Christ in, in the biographies. Uh, and then you have the epistles that we saw was written by Paul, about 13 of them at least, and then you have the other writers of the letters that we studied last week, which in, included uh, Peter and John and, and Jude and James. Uh, so there's 21 epistles, including Hebrews in that. And then the prophecy book, again, is just one. That's Revelation, which we're at today that we're going to be looking at. And uh, so there's... They add up to 27 books, then you add the 39, you get the 66 books of the Bible. And so it's easier to memorize the books when you kind of categorize them like that. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, someone has uh, figured out how that Christ is in every book of the Bible. In Genesis, for instance, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the peace offering. In Numbers, he's the star out of Jacob. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet. 
like unto Moses in Joshua. He's the captain of the Lord's hosts. In Judges, he's the angel of the Lord. In Ruth, he's the near kinsman. In 1 Samuel, he's the um, horn of God's anointed. In 2 because Samuel anointed people. In 2 Samuel, he's the light of the morning. In 1 Kings, he's the God of Elijah. In 2 Kings, he's the healer of, of Naaman. In 1 Chronicles, he's the Lord God of Israel. In 2 Chronicles, he's the glory of the Lord. In Ezra, he's the rebuilder of broken uh, walls. I think that should be Nehemiah. Uh, and Nehemiah, uh, he's the restorer. I think that's got switched. In Esther, he's our Mordecai. In Job, he's the redeemer that liveth. In Psalms, he's our shepherd. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. And it goes on, you know, through all the books there in the Old Testament. And then you come to the New Testament, and Matthew presents him as the Messiah. Mark as the wonder worker. Luke as the son of man. And John, the son of God. In Acts He's the Holy Ghost baptizer in the epistle to the Romans. He's the justifier in both 1st and 2nd Corinthians. He's the sanctifier in Galatians. He's the redeemer uh, from the law. And in Ephesians, he's the Christ. And in Philippians, he's the supplier of all our needs according to his riches. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead. In First and Second Thessalonians, he's our soon-coming King. First and Second Timothy, he's our mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's the faithful pastor. In Philemon, he is our friend. In Hebrews, he's the blood of the covenant. In the Epistle of James, he's our elder brother. In First, Second, and Peter, that is, he's our chief shepherd. First, second, third, John, he's love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints. And in Revelation, he's king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. So Christ can be found in every book of the Bible, in all the Old Testament and New Testament, because that's what Jesus said. He said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they testify of me. So you can find uh, Christ sort of hidden in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament we find where he's being revealed now to the world, but still it, he was sort of hidden during his life here on earth. They didn't really know who he was. Uh, Peter got a good revelation, you know, when he said, who do you say I am? And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Blessed are you, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father revealed it to me. So uh, we really don't get the full revelation of who Jesus is till we get to the book of Revelation. And uh, this is what we're at today. Some people try to study the book of Revelation without first understanding God's story from the beginning. And, of course, that's the theme of, of this whole quarter was that it's one story, God's story. 
that starts the story of the Old Testament and then finishes with the story of the New Testament, but it's all about him and about his redemption plan. But if they don't understand God's story from the beginning, it can lead to confusion, fear, and misunderstanding if you try to read the book of Revelation. And it's prompted many debates over the years. It's still being debated. Uh, as we passed out last week, uh, I may have still some copies of the different views, you know, on the rapture and whether it comes before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, or at the end of the tribulation. And you have wonderful men of God that believe every one of those, or someone believes every one. Uh, the Assemblies of God view is that we believe in pre-trib. We believe the rapture will happen before the tribulation. That's the Assemblies of God uh, view on that. Um, the plan of God, which began in the teachings, history, and prophecy of the Old Testament, was revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so the completion of this plan is found in the book of Revelation. Okay, my good readers, Sturman and Alyssa, aren't here, so let me read that. In uh, the first section, it has to do with the lamb and his redemption or the redeemed of the lamb. And in verse 5, it talks about the, f or 6, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to go to 5. <laughs> 5 says, of the elders, weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book. Earlier, he saw this sealed book with seven seals, which, of course, we uh, call it a book, but it's more of a scroll back then that they called books. And so it was sealed with seven seals. And they couldn't find anyone that was worthy to open those seven seals. And so one... Uh, so it caused John to weep that no one was found. And so the elders said to him, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, he heard the lion, and now he sees the lamb. Uh, and he stood as if been slain. In other words, he probably had a cut on his throat, you know, the, the way they would slay a lamb for the sacrifice. But he was standing because he wasn't defeated by uh, the um, sacrifice. And he had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Seven is, also, is a number of completion, and it's God's perfect number, as we call it. <coughs> so this lamb, who is also the lion, 
he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. So that shows us the fact that there's two entities here. There's someone sitting on the throne, and there's the Lamb of God that comes and takes the book out of the hand of the Father who is on the throne. <coughs> and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, incense kind of, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals. <coughs> For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The salvation message is for everyone on the earth. So they are worshiping him. And they go on to say, you have made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And then I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. <coughs> the Greek alphabet or something didn't have a word for millions because it's talking about millions, you know. And they're saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. <coughs> and the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. So this is a worship meeting that we're having in heaven soon after the rapture. <laughs> Because we believe the rapture happens in Revelation 4 where he's, John is called to come up hither. And uh, that could be the shout of the rapture cry. Come up hither. Amen. Come on up. On the Price is Right, they say come on down. But Christ is going to say come on up. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and we'll be rewarded a lot better than anybody on the prices right I guarantee you because um, he has prepared a home for us and it's already paid for praise God no rent to pay that that makes heaven to me not having to pay rent <laughs> Amen. Um, 
but also, of course, mainly because of Jesus being there. Um, so they're, they're worshiping this lamb because he is the one that was found worthy. No one else was worthy, but he was worthy. And you have three different groups mentioned. If I can get my cordly up. It depicts three groups who shout out in praise to the Lamb, each ascribing the, to the Lamb that our praises do him. The first group were the four living creatures and the 24 elders. This also shows that, that the church has been raptured because the 24 elders represent the 12 tribes of the Lord and the and the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So the church is there worshiping. Uh, through him, every tribe, language, and nation could come together as a kingdom of priests to serve God. That's what priests do, you know, they serve God. And <clears throat> the second group of singers was the angelic choir the size of which defies our imagination. That's why it said thousands times thousands times ten thousands. Again, the Lamb is worthy to receive worship because of his sacrificial death to redeem fallen humanity. Then the third group is every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea. This scene in Revelation 5 is one of utter and undivided worship to him who sits on the throne, which is the Father, and to the Lamb, which is Christ, the Lamb of God. And so as we explore the book of Revelation, we must recognize the central theme of the glory of the Lord fully manifested and recognized at the end of the age. Bye. Uh, <laughs> So our next reference was in Revelation 7, and this now is happening during the middle of the tribulation. This is why some believe in a mid-trib rapture, because in Revelation 7, in verses 9 through 17, it says, I beheld and lo a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, people, tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Uh, holding a palm branch was a symbol of victory. So they have the victory now. So they cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and they fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, <coughs> saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and honor. Thanksgiving in there. Don't forget Thanksgiving. And thanksgiving and honor. And power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen.
So one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And he answered, just like Ezekiel, and everyone, when God asked, who, What is this? You know, Lord. <laughs> and so he said, Thou knowest. <laughs> and so he said, These are they which came out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him. Notice that, serve him day and night in his temple and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. And so these are those that are raptured in the middle of the tribulation period when the, when the two witnesses are caught up, when the 144,000 are caught up, along with these uh, spirits anyway of these saints that... Um, were there in the tribulation. This is not the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ was raptured before the tribulation, but this is a rescue effort here by God to get them out of this world after they had suffered so. And some of the suffering had to do with being hunger, hung, hungry, and also uh, uh, just having a lot of the heat of persecution from the Antichrist that they went through. So they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes of all the suffering that they went through uh, during the tribulation period. Right. Right. There's a. Right. Those that believe in the mid-trib rapture think that this is when the church goes up. But it doesn't mention them being the bride. It mentions them being servants yeah. unto God. Right. That's why they were hungry and starving because they couldn't buy or sell without that mark of the beast. And they have all this big brother thing going on now, you know, where they they have these cameras everywhere where they can track people down. And, and No, uh, it doesn't really say that. Uh, all we know is that there will be some that will escape from the tribulation, but it's going to cost them quite a bit. And uh, 
those that were killed, they're not the ones that are raptured <coughs> because they don't get raptured until the end of the tribulation. That's when the martyrs are raptured at the end of the tribulation so they can go in with the millennial reign of Christ and rule and reign with him. All right, uh, Sherry has for us Revelation 11, 15 through 19, as we see uh, about the triumph of God's kingdom that is foretold. 11, 15. Revelation 11, 15 through 19. Um, I have got the new revised uh, standard again today. Okay, uh, 15, verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his temple, his trumpet. He blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. And then the 24 elders who who sit on their thrones before God, fell on their faces and worshiped God, singing, We give you thanks, Lord God Almighty, who are and who were, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. And the nations raged, but your wrath has come, and the time for judging the dead, for rewarding your servants, the prophets, the saints, and all who fear your name both small and great, and for destroying those who destroyed the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, perils of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. Because we do have about the two witnesses earlier in that chapter and uh, where he said in verse 3, I will give power unto my two witnesses and they will prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, which comes to three and a half years. Right, and uh, th these are the two olive branches, so forth. And, and if anyone tried to hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. Um, they'll be like those dragons, <laughs> fire coming out. And they have power to shut heaven up, that it rain not. We know that Elijah was able to do that. And then we know that Moses had the power to turn the waters into blood and smite the earth with all plagues. And so whether it's Moses and Elijah or someone in the spirit of Moses and Elijah, they are the ones that will be his two witnesses, and they will be witnesses for that first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And uh, so then we see that uh, they, uh, at the Antichrist finally will kill them after the three and a half years mm -hmm. and just leave their bodies in the streets, and uh, they're going to have a celebration like... Uh, Evil people like to celebrate 
uh, when they're, they get their way. And, but after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God will enter into them and they will hear again the voice come up hither and they ascend to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld it. So uh, we're out of time, I know. But anyway, uh, it's true that uh, there is going to be a mid-trib rapture, and that's what it's talking about there. And that's when these uh, saints that had suffered will also be raptured and uh, give give their or will get their rewards because it said uh, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. So it's it's good to know that the Lord has everything under control and that he's coming back soon. Amen. And uh, everyone will bow before him is what we were reading there you know whether they're on the earth or under the earth or uh, <laughs> in the heavens every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord father we thank you for your word and and how that we see through your word lord that you have everything planned out and that your plan will work and uh, we thank you, Lord, that you are on the throne and that you will be coming soon and catch your bride away. And we pray that you'll just help us to be found worthy. You said to pray always that you may be counted worthy and to escape these things and to stand before the Son of Man. And we pray that you'll just be with the service to follow and continue to protect those that are traveling back from the Thanksgiving holidays, such as my sister and her husband will be traveling back this afternoon. <coughs> Give them safe traveling mercies and others that are on the road. <coughs> we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.